Grab Podcast. To what do I owe the extreme pleasure of this surprise? Episode number eight. So today we're going to be talking to Nicky Lockett, a.k.a. MC Tunes. You might know him from his work with 808 State and also the Dust Junkies, who have just uh, released their most recent EP, which you can now grab on our Double Good Garments site, also with the official tees too. Let's get this podcast going then. So, how are we doing, Nicky? I'm good, you know, brother. How are you? Yeah, not, on, not too bad, not too bad. Good to see you, finally. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only had you on the uh, old... Uh, Sex messaging or text messaging, <laughs> whatever you call it, what these youngsters call it nowadays. But yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Glad to be on the, uh, the podcast with you. Nice one for coming on. Most people I've spoke to, I've always kind of asked them what they've been getting up to with this like mad lockdown. I just wonder what you've been doing. Uh, right. Well, I mean, I mean, I was, I was absolutely fuming at the beginning. I mean, I'm still sort of really pissed off. I was fuming at the beginning because. The first people to get hit really were bars, clubs. So I had gigs cancelling on me in January. Do you know what I mean? And I've had about four after, even now, I've rescheduled for next year. Um, so, you know, all in all, I'd say, you know, maybe eight, ten decent paying gigs. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, um, Good quality gigs that I would be earning good money. Well, you know, decent money. I'm mostly DJing, um, to be honest with you. But still, it's what you know keeps me ticking and allows me to do the cash from things like that. Allow me to do things like this with you. Do you know what I mean? You know, yeah. um, you know, with the t-shirt and the CD. Um, but yeah, so I was crawling the walls by March. I was like, say, at the end of February, beginning of March, I was crawling the walls. And my missus said to me, why don't you do it? Why don't you, you know, why don't you go live? Why don't you DJ live? I said, well, I don't know how to do that. I'm a fucking boomer. Do you know what I mean? And what do I know about these newfangled gizmos? And uh, I actually just thought, fuck it one day, looked it up and realized you could do it through a bit of equipment called um, an iRig and you no need for a camera. I am not a fan of laptops at all. I absolutely hate them. It gave me a laptops. Just don't get along. So I thought, well, if I can't, you know, I come up with this. Well, if I can't do it through my phone, I'm not going to fucking do it. And how are you supposed to get a good sound? And it's this little box called an eye rig. Yeah, I've seen them. I've seen them. You know, it's what guitarists use. You know, when they're recording their bits or if they're recording like busking or whatever. Yeah. And they want to go like. So I thought I wondered if that would work with a with a set of, uh, you know, with a with a DJ controller. And luckily enough, it did. So that weekend. Uh, the weekend before my birthday, I went live. It was through my Mac, realised the Mac was shit. Then I got the iRig, um, went through my phone. On my, I think it was on my birthday. And uh, it was really, really good. Got a really good response. I had like 10, 15 listeners to start with on Facebook, Facebook Live, where my page is. Um, <laughs> I went live from the MC Tunes page. Uh, I've just been doing it every week ever since, and it really has help me out yeah you know what i mean i mean you know it's like obviously i, I you know found out a bit of an attention whore obviously <laughs> and it it, it it fed the id you know what i mean it fed my angst you know what i mean and yeah you know i sort of interact with the people afterwards as well i mean facebook's a pain in the ass because you get you stop your stream 
of a sort of stupid third party we'll talk about. Anyway, so they, they tend to stop the stream. So I like to sort of, you know, after just before you get like a notification, I'll sort of switch off the, the decks and then shout everybody out, have a bit of banter with people in the chat. And, you know, I mean, I really look forward to it now. I'm like, you know, I'm sort of two months in and I'm like, oh, I can't wait till Saturday. You know, at one point we had 80 people in, we've had 120 people in live. I'm getting, you know, two, three thousand views, you know, on each individual yeah. uh, EJ stream. And, you know, I'm finding it really, really good. I mean, it's hard work because I'm trying not to play the same songs twice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is really, really hard. But I've managed, for all intents and purposes, 99% of the time I've played different songs every time. And I love it. That's why they call me Tunes. Are you going to carry on doing that afterward, after this as well then? Just keep it up? After well, yeah, this? I mean, the phone the phone and the iRig is just, you know, there's no reason why I couldn't. I mean, unless, you know, it's impossible to put the phone somewhere and, or, um, you know, the, the mixer I'm using or whatever isn't, isn't, you know, wired for it. But, you know, basically I can, ju I can just plug in, go live. Yeah. You know what I mean? As long as I've got a mic, I can speak to people. If I haven't got a mic, I can just do a live DJ set. Um, and just, you know, obviously the, the tunes direct, the tracks I play will get a bit repetitive then because I am actually playing, you know, songs for people yeah. and, you know, they want to hear certain things. But yeah, I can still go live. And if I'm not working, I can always fire up in the afternoon. I've got like, um, I've got like, I don't know if you can see that. It's me. Get some light on it. Um, can you see that? It's like a pioneer. Yeah. Oh, it's not plugged in. It's like a pioneer all in one thing, um, which is like really handy. So if you you know if you don't use a laptop, you can use Android. If you don't use Android, you can go straight from a memory stick. Um, I bought myself because I got excited. Bought myself a couple of thousand watt speakers. So I'm just uh, waiting to save up to buy the sub base. Uh, once I've got that uh, and a decent heavy duty rock and roll keyboard stand for me for me for me controller, uh, I'm going to put an advert up on Facebook and say, "Hey, rent a rapper," you know what I mean? And I'll come out and I'll DJ for people and I'll go live on their page if that's what they want. You know, give them something to remember it all by instead of just a night in the club and a load of pictures. And, you know, I'm going to start working on you know giving them the you know the live online experience as well. So their family members who can't make it can just log on to the Facebook page and watch it from there. So, yeah, that's definitely, it's, it's a place to be now, isn't it, online, really? Thinking, yeah, always thinking. <laughs> so I suppose we'll start with, um, I don't know, it's been well documented and you've, you've spoke about it in many interviews about um, your days with 808 State and, and the solo album that was dropped by ZTT. I just wondered, yeah. if, did you, was that kind of a blessing in disguise? Because obviously the dust junkies kind of appeared from the ashes of that, so to speak. If I think back, if I say, okay, and I'm looking at it in hindsight, then, yeah, it's a blessing. I mean, at the time, I might have been able to play it a bit differently. I might have been able to, you know, um, not be so quick to sort of pull the trigger. I might have been able to get something more out of it. But it would have been, you know, short-lived. Um, I wanted to leave the label. They wanted me to leave the label. Uh, because I wouldn't, um, you know, sort of go down the path you were asking of me. And 
you know, a lot's happened to me in my life since then, obviously, you know, leaving leaving that uh, group. Well, I was never in 808 State, but leaving that situation and leaving ZTT, going through what I did for good or bad, you know, I came up with the Dust Junkies. I, I had a little I had a little girl um, and a little boy during that time. Um, I then started working on the Dust Junkies with a guy called Johnny J down at Moonraker Studios in Longside. And we were working on it for about a year and a half, two years. It started coming together. You know what I mean? But um, I've always, the, the things that bring me big joy in my life, um, uh, you know, is one, being a good dad. I love being a dad. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, and I, I kind of think to myself, well, if I wasn't back in Manchester, you know, I wouldn't have met the girls that I've met and I wouldn't have the kids that I have. And it's the same with the Dust Junkies. You know, when I, when I walked away from the Dust Junkies about two years later, I met a girl um, and we had a, we had a child, Dante. Uh, he lives with me still. He's 13 now. But, you know, I got full custody of Dante when he was six months old. Right. You know, like full-time night feeds, the whole shebang, you know what I mean? Uh, and I basically did it on my own for, you know, literally on my own for about eight months. Um, and then when he was a bit older, my mum got involved and so on and so forth. And Dante's always lived with me. And that would never have happened if I would have moved to London. Yeah. Because the girl that obviously, you know, we had problems, she decided to go do her thing. And, you know, some people say, oh, I was left with the back. I was left with, no, but I was really pleased, you know, when I got full custody of him. And I just became a full-time dad for like six years after the Dust Junkies. And it's only been, I'd say, what, the last five years since he's been old enough, I can leave him with babysitters and stuff. And he's a bit more mature. He knows when I'm working out. It's only been five or six years that I've actually got back into DJing and I started right at the bottom again. Yeah. Um, had a couple of you know things with a few people tried a few things out and you know I've ended up here where I am where you know I own the Dust Junkie name I own the MC Tunes name um, and I'm putting out songs you know on my own label um, and sort of basically calling the shots really you know there's no big money no parties going on yeah. but you know the quality of work my, where my head's at you know, um, the freedom to sort of talk to all want when I want, say what I want when I want, um, is something I don't think I'd have at all if I would have stayed with 808 State or the Dust Junkies. You know what I mean? Especially in today's climate, where you're not allowed to say whatever. You know, if they they can't cancel me, <laughs> I'm uncancelable. You know, I answer to no one, and I'd rather answer to no one and work for me money than it be the opposite. You know yeah. what I mean? So you know, it's things have worked out. For the best, I think. Yeah, it's seeming that way for you, isn't it? Like you say, it's nothing like uh, being your own boss to the to that extent where you're not under. Especially, I mean, obviously, I've never been in the music industry, but can imagine being under big labels and well, any label really can be of its own setbacks. Yeah, um, it's like yeah, I would imagine it's like being say if you're a clothes designer or some or a, or a, an artist that, that designs logos and stuff like that, and then having to join some sort of firm that will then you know, give you work and you pay them and they sort of yeah. sort you out and you get a royalty and stuff like that and you don't really see any money. Uh, they just keep paying you a retainer uh, so you don't work for anybody else. And that's pretty much how the record industry has worked for a long time. It's, it could have changed, but it's slipping back to the old, the old, um, you know, working for the man 
type thing with yeah. Universal buying everything up. They can get their hands on Sony buying everything up. They can get their hands on, you know, um, the way they're abusing the, the copyright law and fair use law online. It's just agony. Do you know what I mean? But I'm on my own. Um, nobody can tell me what to do. If I want to put a song out going, you know, motherfucker shit, bum wanker twat, I can do it. You know what I mean? And that'll be just the lyrics going all the way through the song, chorus and verses. Body shit, bastard, wanker twat, you know. I can do it. And nobody can tell me no. You know what I mean? And I might just do that now. It's a pretty good idea just for, just for chits and giggles. Yeah, piss a few people off as well online. All, yeah, these, yeah. all these do-gooders. Dust Junkies, obviously, are a Manchester band that had success at the same time as the Oasis were on the rise and Black Grape. However, they were kind of never really, you know, part of the, the scene of bands that were that's all revered today. I just wondered, what, why do you think that is? Um, I mean, one, the type of music, obviously. I mean, black music. I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit I love black music. I love the feel of it. I like the rhythms. I like... I like rap. I like the freedom of rap where you can actually describe something properly. Um, I'm not into writing love songs. So yeah. that kind of fucks me off right out of the Oasis game. You know, I mean, I'm out. You know what I mean? If I'm not going to write, oh, baby, look at your face. It reminds me of when I was, you know, sniffing glue. I'm out of the Oasis game. You know what I mean? Nobody's, nobody cares. So, you know, unless you're a rapper, um, you know what I mean, or some sort of like urban style type, poetry type thing. You never get to express what's in your brain. Um, so I think that was one thing, and that was obviously a conscious, conscious choice of mine. Um, but yeah, the black music at the time, you know, the, the sort of rock and roll feel, and the fact that, you know, we're not really a sort of, you, can't, you know, we're not, we're not sex for profit, are we, Dust Junkies? You know what I mean? We're all kind of you know, big burly. Well, Sam's kind of cute, I suppose. Um, and me and Johnny were excited when he came to say, oh, you know, I played because he was big, tall, mixed race guy, big afro. He's like, yeah, you're in. We'll teach you how to play later. But fortunately, he's a fucking genius. Um, but yeah, I think I think just the just the the sort of era that we were in, we missed a few calls, and also that you know. I kind of got a reputation, you know, undeservedly of being difficult. I'm never difficult. I work my balls off all the time, but I won't play certain games. Um, I can't hang out with lovies. They get on me fucking nerves. I can't stand pop stars. They bug the life out of me. So I get out of your head, man, for fucking five seconds. Get out of your head. Um, and I want you to, my idea was, and probably stupid, I should have kept it to myself, but my plan was when in getting record deals and actually signing record deals I was always you know told that I'd be able to do what I've got to do let's make some money we'll, and you'll leave here with a great resume and your goal to be able to do whatever you want which unfortunately never happened for me because I walked away from two record deals you know um, so I think it was you know style content um, and what big companies were looking for um, at that time, um, they got out of Black Grape and Oasis and Dust Junkies just didn't kind of fit that mainstream angle. 
Yeah. Um, we did really fucking well, though. You know, you know, we, we we did really well for what we were. We did dead well, and that was because we were great live, and we wrote good songs, and you know, we were a bit different and a bit edgy. Um, but being tied to a big record company, um, you know, when you leave, you leave. You know, you just leave with your name. Yeah. And if you're not willing to play the games with them, and you know, sign stupid singles deals instead of them giving you what you said they would. Um, you know, you're in a quagmire. And I've just always kind of decided, you know, fuck it, I'll get covered in shit and then I'll walk until I'm not covered in shit and I'll start again. Yeah. You know? um, done and Dusted was and still is obviously a timeless piece of work that has uh, it stood the test of time. Yeah, um, yeah, thank you. I just wondered, um, what are your thoughts on the lyrics you wrote at the time for that? I still, I, I, I co-sign everything I said back then. Nothing's changed. I mean, you know, with the MC Tunes, um, not at its height album, not at its heights. You know, it's 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 a part time from how I was. It's it's a history. When I listen to the lyrics, I'm talking about stuff that happened, you know, 30, 30, 40 years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so each one of the songs is a sort of semi-autobiographical. And it's the same with the Dust Junkies. I think, you know, it's like, you know, content. You know, if you're not talking about love and chips, and you know, you know, breaking up or getting together or having an affair or one night stands. You know, pop music doesn't have a lot of room for anything else. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So one thing I did do with the Dust Junkies was sort of, you know, that you know, lyrically, um, it, it it's an honest interpretation of where I was at that time, that that sort of ten year period before and after the deal um it's sort of it's a sort of a picture of life then and it was all honest and when you write something like that it never it doesn't tend to go out of fashion yeah do you know what i mean you know rapping is rapping and if you're a good rapper old raps are still good you know old old music's still good because it comes from the right place you know what i mean i think i, I managed to do that with the dust junkies uh, and that's why i wanted to re-release it on uh, on wiki beats as the full version, which which uh, had all the bonus tracks that we had to leave off, plus the swearing and parts of the scratching uh, that we had to edit out because the record company asked us to. Right. Well, you know, I thought to myself, well, you know, and it, and uh, for all intents and purposes, it's it's still a good fucking album. Do you know what I mean? Oh, Lyrically, it? yeah, I wouldn't change anything. I mean, wait, there's <coughs> one or two lines in there that get on my nerves. Because I, ooh, they just make me because I didn't think about them long enough, and there's certain deliveries I didn't like, and more so on the first album. But other than that, I think the content, I think lyrically, lyrically, I, I, nobody's ever said shit that sounds out of date. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, on about that, the the new EP, which obviously it's a it's a collection of of remixes. How was it working with with these other bands? I heard something about the uh, is it fun loving criminals were not too pleased with you meddling with a with the mixes or something uh, like that. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I mean, you know, uh, I met the uh, what it called. Uh, I met, I, I liked the guys from um, Mortiva. I mean, there's a load of remixes that we're going to put on the next EP. I mean, on this EP, I put an MC Tunes track that I've had floating around for you know four years or so. Um, uh, we don't care. 
uh, that I did with a guy called Tony Rigg. We put that one on there because I'm trying to bring it all together, you know, the, the two things, the MC Tunes and the Dust Junkies, yeah. um, onto the Wikibees thing. And um, Mochiba, they were cool as fuck. I never met Kid Rock. I met Dylan Rhymes. He was a nice guy. Um, I met the fun-loving criminals because we did a tour with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. We went on tour and I thought he were, I thought he were just, you know, little beta white boys from New York who probably had a really, you know, nice upbringing and they were laughing. Do you know what I mean? Um, they got upset because they, they did a remix and, and it was out of tune, it was out of key. Um, these, you, if you do a remix and you put um, the vocal over and the music behind it is at a different key, it just sounds fucking awful. So it sounded awful. So I said, that, you know, and I discussed it with the record company. I said, do you reckon they'll mind if I if I just do a read a read a, a new vocal on it and you know put it out like that? Uh, and he said, well, no, you paid them, you know. They got fucking like I think it was eight grand to do it, so they've already been paid. It's my shit. I can do what the fuck I want with it. Yeah. But to burn it, piss on it, and fucking throw it in the bin. It's mine to do. I've got to pay the eight grand to the record company back out of my fucking soul, out of my hard work. So when it comes to little fucking, <laughs> I'm trying to choose my words. Correct. You say what you want on here. There's no editing on here. <laughs> No, this sort of beta, you know, man, this is my art kind of, oh, you know, dead temperamental over dumb shit, you know, just to sort of, you know, inflate who they are. I, I, I won't, I don't play that game. So I just told them to fuck off. I said, fuck off and put it out. And he went, you put it out like that again. You'll never come on tour with us again. I went, well, if that's how you feel, fuck you. Don't tell me what to do. This is my record deal. I was on the phone. And I could hear him shouting in the back um, because they left it really fucking sly. And here's how, here's how slide and, and little, I'd say, <laughs> lady, lady brain. I'll call it how lady brained they were, sort of real Karens. Um, you know, they sort of waited until I rang them um, and we were supposed to be going to some gig that they were doing. And they just, you know, on the night, he went, no, no, we don't want to know. And that's how I got the message. So I just told them all. I said, listen, what was he called? The lead singer. Well, I'm, um, I can't fucking remember his name. I, I, I don't think about him. Um, the lead singer anyway. He's, he's got a funny name. Sonny or something. I can't remember. Anyway, so he was on the phone and I said, listen, you little prick. I'll do what I fucking want. Do you know what I mean? Don't get on my nerves. Who, who are you talking to? This is my deal. And he sort of passed it to the manager and I could hear him shout. So I said, listen, if that's the way you feel about it, fine. Suck my dick. Don't give a fuck. And we never spoke again. Um, and then about eight years later, they were playing at the Apollo. And um, a friend, uh, the guy that was sort of working with us, um, a guy called Mike, that was working for us, um, was at their gig. And, you know, him being Mike, he's gone up talking to him and, you know, uh, whoever it was. And um, somehow ended up backstage. And they've asked him, you know, he's obviously got him talking about us. Yeah. And uh, they've asked him to get him some hash. Right? And this is the thing with Americans. I've got another fucking story. I don't know what it is with Americans and weed. <laughs> right? But they, they asked for some hash. So uh, Mike rang me up from the Apollo. 
And he said, you know, can I get... I went, oh, yeah, well, OK, I, I know a guy that's local in the area. I'll give me a mate a call. I said, you know, link, link this. So he's ended up going back with an ounce of uh, uh, squidgy black. Right? Yeah. So he's got it off him, had a joint. He said, yeah, 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 back in a minute. I'm fucked off and not paid him. <laughs> and you're talking like, you're talking like, you know, fucking hell, good sweaty years ago, maybe. Yeah, you know, and an ounce of black was pretty fucking dear at the time. Yeah. About 150 quid, which, you know, 20 years ago, was, you know, it's like 50 quid. You know, um, 20 quid was, you know, a lot of money. So I reckon it was about 130, 40 quid or something like that. And he just fucking fucked him off and stitched him up. And he came to me like that with tears in his eyes going, well, why would you do that? I said, well, I told you not to fucking mention my name. So I got, you know, that was them. So as far as I'm concerned, beta, beta males that haven't got the balls to if they're going to do something, do it and fucking do it proud. Don't slink off robbing some guy that hardly fucking knows me because you think it might piss me off. I just laughed and, well, you know, you know, better next time, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and run the and fucking see did the same thing. <laughs> When I was in Belgium with the Dust Junkies, run and fucking see me. This one really pissed me off. Um, so we're in, we're in our dressing room and, you know, we had a sort of, you know, late afternoon gig and, um, we, you know, we did really well. So I, you know, one of the guys that I'd been working with us because we sort of did a couple of gigs in Belgium and one of the kids that was working with us was getting me this really nice fucking weed, man. Lovely, lovely, lovely weed. And it was about 180 quid an ounce, but it was huge. It was like, it was like fucking, it was like three ounces size, you know what I mean? Really big, really nice. So I'm stinking out the backstage with this shit. <laughs> so, uh, run, you see, like next door, maybe the door down, that far from our dressing room, same corridor. And all you could do, obviously, you could just smell my shit. And uh, we got a knock on the door. Guy goes, hey man, you know, some big black guy. Hey man, who's got that shit? I said, yeah, man, it's me. He said, oh, oh where'd you get that? Can I have a... So I said, yeah, and I just broke off a big chunk. He said, yeah, you know, have a joint. Tell the boys I said hello. You know, one of them, you know, big fan. Here, you know, must have given maybe an eighth, you know, cook, you know, big fluffy shit. And he's gone back next door and they've heard him all talking. And then he's come back and he said, hey, man, can we get some? So I said, yeah, I'll get you some if you let me say hello to the boys. Yeah. All right. So I went in the dressing room, shook everybody's hand, met fucking DJ running, DMC. I had a really quick chat. I said, look, you know, obviously I don't want to fucking, you know, you know, look like I'm trying to fuck you or anything, but I'm a big fan. Um, you know, I'll you know I'll see if I can get you hooked up with this thing. That's, you know, if you like it, you know, I me mean, my pleasure to smoke a joint with you later. You know, maybe talk some shit, right? Hey man, yeah, dude, no fucking problem. Woo, you know, the New York accents. Whoa, bro. And I was like, right, sweet. So I called the kid over. I think his name was Anton or something. And I said, yo, man, I brought him over to the dressing room. I said, tell my guy what you want. He'll go get it. You can check it give him the money, because that's how he did it. That's how the kid did it. He said, you know, you don't have to bite until you see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, nobody's going to be giving some road there, you know, 500 fucking euro, you know, to just to go and disappear. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the kid did. 
he, 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 he said, yeah, he sort of had him in the room waiting for the money. And he said, right, okay, we're just going to do this. Drop this thing off. Just wait here. Uh, you know, and he left some bits and bobs. And um, I think it was like a couple of flight cases there. He left in there. He said, look, we've got to come back for that. We're going to go and get the money from the van, from the tour bus. You wait here. And he went, right, sweet, no problem. And they fucking stiffed him. Run DMs, fucking millionaire, Z. You know, that to me, right, <laughs> is just fucking uncalled for. Run DM millionaires, Z, right. Fucking Run's house, Peter Piper, shit I used to love. Fucked over a little white boy from Belgium called Anton who was just helping him out. And this is why I don't think I belong in the music business. <laughs> yeah. Because it seems like perfectly ordinary. For, and I found that with a lot of pop stars and a lot of music industry people that they could sort of do these things and it'd be no account because it was them. Yeah. And I don't even think he thought twice about it. Do you know what I mean? And this kid's fucking shit in his pants. Do you know what I mean? So I give him some money. Um, I said, look, man, you know, here's some money. You know, hopefully you get it sorted out. Really apologise. And I helped him sell a few more bits to, you know, so he had the money to go back to the person he was getting it from, obviously, because they're not going to be happy. And, you know, and I ended up spending like a whole fucking day on, in Zabruga Beach in this festival, helping this poor kid not get fucking kidnapped by the Belgian mafia. Do you know what I mean? Because run DMC are that fucking scummy that they're going to steal three ounces of butt. That's 600 quid's worth. Do you know what I mean? No. Fucking joke. You know what I mean? It's like, so my, my view on the music business and the people in it is like that. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't fucking care. You know what I mean? I'm not going to act like you. I'm not going to do things that you do. And I don't talk to people like they're pieces of shit. And I don't treat people badly. And if you don't do that, you're not part of their club. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've got to bend the knee when they tell you, and you've got to fucking, you know, dance like some wind-up fucking toy every time they tell you. And, you know, being being mean to people is somehow, you know, how things are done. And it's like, nah, man, don't talk. You know, a few times I've had to tell TV producers, yo, man, who the fuck are you talking to? Talk to me like that again, and I'll fucking smack your head in. And this is... This is a thing that I saw a theme in my life. Sorry, I'm going on, but when I was 17, the first rap battle, big rap battle I ever went to was at the DJ Mix Championships in London. It was 1987 or something like that, right? I was really young. And I travelled up to London basically on my own in a fucking black ninja outfit and a samurai sword. Let me on the train with it and everything. And I, I swear to God, and this is not a lie, you, you can find the clipping it was in Mixmag, the yeah. DJ Mixmag or whatever the fuck it was, so a DMC Mixmag or whatever. And uh, I got there and there was this, the guy that was supposed to play the B-side, played. Now, <laughs> the, the, you had to take a 12-inch and um, rap to the instrumental of your choice. So I took a 12-inch up there and it was by... Oh, Jesus. It was Fresh Fly, Wild and Bold. And it was by the Fantastic Five MCs, I think it was, or the Fabulous Five. I might be wrong. But 
there was only three tracks on 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 this record, right? The A side was the the single with all the rapping, and on the B side, there was um, a radio version and then the instrumental. So you walk up to the DJ and I said, right, okay, B side, last track. Yeah. So you big intro, I'm ready to go. Big like fucking hundreds and hundreds of people. I'm 17. I've never really been out of Manchester. Do you know what I mean? And I'm at this DMC fucking rap championship thing on my own. I got through because I sent in a tape that I'd recorded on my fucking double deck Mitch Toshiba <laughs> fucking hi-fi thing through the headphones. And um, I, the intro came in. Be, 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 be. Rap started on the record. So I've turned around, I've gone, everybody's gone, oh, whoa, whoa, you know, the crowd, I went, no, no, don't worry, don't worry, DJ's mistake, I've turned around, so, yo, DJ, play that track again, but play it right, everybody went, <sighs> so I thought, yeah, man, I'm in, fucking rap started again, <laughs> I said, right, you're taking the fucking piss, mate, I said, if you don't play that B-side, second track, fucking on the B-side, I'm going to take this samurai sword and I'm going to chop your fucking hands off. And, I went like that with and the whole place went fucking bonkers. Some people were laughing. Most people were booing. I turned around to the crowd and I said, and you bunch of cockney fucking wankers can all suck my dick or kiss my ass, I might have said. And I was disqualified. But I got a piece in, in mix, man. And I went back to Manchester like a fucking hero, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I've always had that reaction to sort of skullduggery and, and you know, sort of, you know... Like anti-establishment. Not behavior. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shady behaviour when the rules are supposed to be fair, but somehow some fucker is shitting on you. And, and, and that's been my experience with record uh, companies and the record music business... In general, I mean, I've got my own little quote I say all the time. It's like, you know, being in love with a woman. I fucking love, you love, you love everything about her. You love everything about her. And then like, years into the relationship, you find out she's just give you AIDS, syphilis and fucking herpes. And she's the dirtiest <laughs> slut on the planet. And she's fucking going to ruin you. And that's, that's the record business for me. That's how the experience I've had with it. So I had to separate what I wanted to do and what made me happy from the industry. And it's took a really long time to sort of get to this small place where I am, where I'm in, you know, full control of what I do. I can sit there, scratch my balls and play fucking Xbox all day if I want to. I don't care. Nobody can make me work. And I do it because I love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, you know, I get up people's nose for that, sure, for sure. But if I can sell 10,000, you know, 10,000 CDs and get 100% of the money, I'll make more money than I've ever made with a record company yeah. by selling fucking 50,000. You know, that's just the, the economics. So I've got to create my own economy, treat people fairly, try and do as much as I can on my own. Even if it's like you say, you know, back to the old days where you just plug a pair of headphones in because that's it. You haven't got a mic, yeah. you know, and, and you, you know, you do what you can because, you know, truth and quality and honesty in music shines through the bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, 
In the 2015, was the that was the Dust Junkies when they re- reunited. Um, just wondered how, how did that come about? How did, how did it kind of happen? That was Vince. Simple. That was Vince Vega. He, he just mived me, mived me, mived me, mived me, mived me, <laughs> and I said, right, "Okay, fucking do it. If you can do it, do it." And he did it. And we did a we did a reunion gig um, at Factory, and it was great. And everybody that came out loved it. And you know, it put me in the, the mind frame of, well, you know, gigs are going to be really difficult. If we get an offer, you know, somebody wants us to play, we'll do it. If we get, you know, it, it's really hard logistically because one lives in Denmark, you know, and he's got no plans of coming back to England. Yeah. One lives in Whitby, Newcastle, and the other one is always working. Uh, he, he did, he just come off a tour with Lana Del Rey, you know, the drummer Mikey. So Sam's in Denmark, Steve's in uh, Newcastle for all intents and purposes, and Mikey's fucking never in England. So once we get past all that, yeah, we can do a gig. Um, and, you know, that sort of made me think, well, I might as well start writing again, start writing again as MC Tunes, which I sort of was on and off anyway, um, and just start, you know, see if I can put a song together um, through the internet magic the magic gateway <laughs> with sam all the way over in um in denmark and we did it we, we put out another day you know and we put out another day and then sam found the um the the tapes for the unmixed uh, the unmastered full version of wiki bit uh, dust junkies done and dusted uh, and it was him that found in his basement in his viking boat he found um you know, all the remixes again. And I thought, you know what? You know, let's do it. Let's let's start putting new stuff out. Let's do a proper page. Let's get a proper website built. And it's took me five years to get to this point yeah. with all them things that, you know, the bands got scattered far and wide. Um, you know, me not being a programmer, um, having the reputation that I have, um, not signing a deal, not signing a publishing deal. And just working with like-minded people and try to do this sort of holistic approach to it. It's like, you know, dirt gently. I'm dirt gently, a rap. That's who I am. It's one of them. You know, it comes, it works. If it don't come, I don't stress about it. I just get on raising my kids. Do you know what I mean? And five years has been a long time, but I've done, if if the five years would have been cut into three years, I would have done a lot. So... I think my three-year plan turned into a five-year plan, and I'm right where I wanted to be after my three-year plan. There's one little piece ready to that has sort of really took time, um, which is the documentary that, that I've been working on with this guy called Richard Alexander, and he's he's a great um, great filmmaker. Uh, he's done lots of work, and uh, he approached me after. <laughs> Other documentary that was done of it's called Miss Kiss and Bang. It's never been put out, um, but it was on a few art shows. Uh, so a documentary on it, and he's he's approached me and said, "Look, I'd, I want to do a proper one because you were one of the kids, one of the people that I looked at. He's about four or five years younger than me, but when you're fifteen and eighteen, there's a big difference, right? Yeah. So he said, you know, you, you sort of, you know, I sat there and I thought, well, if he can get into entertainment, fucking I can. And that was his approach from it. So we sort of been working on it, uh, this documentary on and off, for 
you know, three uh, years. And he was due to be finished and come out middle of last year, but he got offered a job. And when he finished his job, we were going to get on it and we were going to finish it and make all sure the, fi- the filming was going to be done by February and it would be, you know, you know, ready for screening, you know, um, now. But, you know, the fucking, you know, Kung Flu started. <laughs> and, well, but, you know, we all got locked down, so everything's fucking been put back a year. But, you know, if I can get that little piece into play and we can get that bought, bought uh, by a TV station or some sort of Netflix or something, yeah. you know, that's a nice bit of decent, it's a decent chunk of change. But it's also the fucking best advert I could ever want. Yeah. So me, you know, I, I don't feel the need to sign up to an agency to pump WikiBeats because they're going to want a piece of it. I haven't got yeah. any money to pay them. I haven't got 15 grand for a fucking total package. Do you know what I mean? So people are only going to help me if they're interested in what I'm doing. And I want to keep it like that. So if I can get this, if, we, you know, everything works out and we can get this documentary, you know, sealed off. I believe it's going to be a really good one. Um, I've not seen any of the footage. I won't. I don't want to. Um, that's part of the sort of artistic thing behind it. Um, and we can get that on Channel 4 or fucking, you know, Netflix or, yeah. or Hulu, wherever, you know. Um, that's a really good, really, really good advert for me. And I think, you know, things will pick up. So yeah. I'm sticking to my plan. Um, you know, life happens, COVID shit starts off, which is a fucking jokes, by the way. Um, can't say hopes, you've got to say jokes. Um, guys, we'll get, we'll get censored, we'll get cancelled. Uh, so, yeah, things are slowly moving, but moving slowly in the right direction. And I've got my arms right round it at all times, you know what I mean? On, on one of the episodes, I had that... Uh... Phil Turner on, who's the, I don't know if you listen to any others, he's the um, documentary maker. He did all the, uh, he do, well, he does the SAS, Who Does Wins, and he did Tyson Fury's documentary. You want to oh, get, right, get in right. touch with him? He, he might be interested, you don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, this one's basically done. I mean, yeah. he's only about, he's only about, you know, two filming sessions we've got to do, and one of them is me sitting down, looking at the footage, and sort of doing a question and answer with the filmmaker. I mean, yeah. it's... You know, it literally just needs, um, you know, uh, that that thing adding to it, uh, which it'll get done. It's, it'll get done. It's just, you know, and I'm not going to get on the phone and my other guy because that's just not how I work. You know what I mean? If it's yeah. going to happen, it's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I, I want to do a different documentary. I want to go, I want to um, hunt down YouTubers. I want to go, I want to hunt down the last, you see, YouTubers, they're all becoming... Um, all having to show the faces and stuff, and there was some really, really good ones that never really shown the face. Uh, one of them is called uh, Mr. Metacop, um, and you know, people like Sam Hyde, and you know, these YouTubers that sort of you know, I've sort of really been fighting the establishment and going against Google and Facebook and all these platforms forever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that'd make for a really good documentary, and it'd pay for an holiday because they all live in America. <laughs> I know that's, there's, there's a lot of things you can do now. Like, say with something like that, you just need a guy following with a camera, really. Like, well, you could even do correct. it yourself. Um, yeah, yeah, that's correct. That's correct. It's, uh, you know, if your content's honest, and I think if you put in the effort in, 
Uh, and obviously, you know, you've got to be able, to, you've got to be relatively good at what you try to do. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, outstanding work and and good works will get to where you want them to be. You just, just the fame game is a, it's an illusion. You should never, you know, if anybody's out there listening, gives a fuck. You know, the the, the attention isn't. It isn't life-sustaining. It doesn't pay your bills. Attention doesn't pay your bills. You know, um, quality, you know, writing, you know, uh, you know, good good quality and working relationships, that's what sustain you. Do you know what I mean? And that's not part of the pop life, you know. You you, you, you get paid a big load of money and you get, you've got to do as you're fucking told. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you, you've kind of covered a lot. I was going to, before we kind of like wrap it up, I was going to just ask you what else you had in store. But obviously, you've got the documentary. Is there anything else like you've got like in the pipeline, Dust Junkies or even, you know, you well, said. You- I'm going to, yeah, well, I'm going to, I'm going to concentrate. Um, yeah. I mean, I've got Sam. It's fucking horrible <laughs> because I've been trying to get this. We've got five songs, new, brand new songs ready to sort of go. I've just got to, like I say, he's in Denmark. So I've just got to get, get them sort of arranged and uh you know cleaned up to a point where i can lay my vocals and for the past fucking 12 months i've gone through three producers one of them just disappeared off the face of the earth can't fucking find him anywhere another one was really cool but just as we started getting into everything and uh laying vocals and arranging the tracks he got offered a record deal so, you know, I had to say, right, goodbye to him because, you know, that's his dream. Um, and this new guy that I was working with, a guy called uh, Adriano, who uh, is over here at university, we were really cooking. We were, like, getting, you know, some nice... Because, you know, it's a case of get it to a point where I can lay my vocals and then we send it back to Sam and Sam mixes it. Um, COVID did, and the poor fucker had to go back to Greece. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So... I'm at this stage now where it's like, okay, Sam, you're going to have to at least mix one track, send it to me. I'm going to have to go and do this thing at a different fucking studio with a different guy. Um, and we're going to have to get it out. But it's really good stuff. Really good stuff. I'm dead pleased with it. Um, it's more hip hoppy, but it's always got that dust junky feel, that, that sort of rock and roll, funky rock and roll vibe to it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very excited. I'm, I was very excited with Another Day. Um, um, and I'm I'm going to be talk. I've been talking to Vince about um, on the next uh, CD that we do. We put a brand new song and uh, a remix of Another Day on it, and do the same thing with the T-shirts with you guys. You know what I mean? Because you know it, it, you sort of can gauge people's um, reaction to it um, by doing small bits like that. Because you know at, at some point I'm going to go right. Fuck it. Let's get. Let's get a thousand CDs printed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Let's, you know, and let's, you know, sort a little tour out. Maybe do a sponsoring deal with somebody and stuff like that, and you know, sort a little tour out and work our way up. Um, which is, you know, onward and upward as far as I'm concerned. Do you know what I mean? But um, I'm going to keep the streaming. I've built the website. I'm trying to figure out which streaming platform to use. That isn't going to fucking bleed me dry for storage to actually embed onto the uh, Dust Junkie website so we can just go live from there as opposed to fucking with Facebook uh, yeah. because I'm on a, uh, an independent server, it's not a Google server you know, so um, you know, I kind of landed on my feet but finding the right pla- 
long to sort of embed onto your website and to use is it's becoming tricky. You know what yeah. I mean? Really, really tricky because they're all getting bought up by Facebook or Google. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, so the same sort of terms of service apply with uh, this third party copyright bullshit. By the way, it's absolutely fucking criminal what they're doing. Oh, you can't put this up because you might, you know, you do something and he sends you this little fucking sign. You are, are you sure you are authorised? Are you sure? It's fair use. It's the Fair Use Act of 1976. And I'm not selling the streams. And I have a right to share my music that I bought with people. You know, I don't need to ask fucking permission. The law is there. But Facebook have uh, obviously done a deal with Universal and Sony and Warners to strike anything that even remotely sounds like something on their roster um, because they want you to listen to XFM. Do you know what I mean? They want you to listen to XFM. That's what they want. They want you to go to their profile, their, their platforms and subscribe to their shit and pay fucking 30, 40 pound a month so you can, what, play something you've already got the right to. It's a fucking joke. Facebook wouldn't be a platform if it wasn't for the Fair Use Act of 1976. Yeah. Neither would Google. Neither would fucking YouTube. None of these people. I mean, I'm going to start ranting. And this is the <laughs> thing about the fucking music business and all the artists. that are, Because you can't do stuff like that unless you get artist consent. And what they tend to do is go with the four or five top artists. They all go along with it. So therefore, it becomes a kind of practice, right? So people like James fucking Blunt, right? <laughs> and fucking, what's she called? Iggy fucking Gazalia and cunts like that, right? And cunts like fucking Cheryl Cole are all in with this fucking bullshit fucking copyright striking thing, right? Because... You know, you've got to go to a certain radio station and you've got the national playlist. And that's why poor Clint Boone can't play music he fucking likes anymore unless it's on this national playlist. You know what I mean? So yeah. even people like that are being crippled, do you know what I mean? And cooking out to some dumb fucking law. It's the 19, 1976 Fair Use Act. It applies to everything. So these motherfuckers are trying to burn the bridges behind them. They don't want us coming up. Yeah. One of the one of the last bastions is podcasts. You know, you, you can basically, you know, look at Joe Rogan. Fuck, he's just licensed his to Spotify oh. for nearly hundred million fucking, and he just licensed it. Do you know what I mean? Because he knew the minute you sign a deal, they want half of this, half of that, and it's just over. You might as well just give it them and forget about it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you know the record companies. Um, the big ones, Universal, Sony, Warners. I mean, I dispute them the minute I get them. And they're all released within fucking three or four days and unmuted all my streams yeah. uh, are restored to what they, what they should be. Because they can't fucking break the law. They'd be breaking the law. Yeah. They'd be, they'd be, do you know what I mean? They'd be liable for stopping my right to use the fair use law. Right, which should mean, you know, they don't want anybody else coming up with a platform. So they're going to dispute things like this constantly, and just until you get pissed off or give them some money. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, designing your own website, 
you're getting it on a server that somebody you know owns, you know, they can't touch you. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. as long as you're not breaking the law, if I was, pay, you know, if I was, say, maybe running ads on the stream or if I was then letting people download it for money and had a PayPal connected to it, yeah, you know, I'd understand the argument. Yeah. But the music I play, you won't fucking hear on radio. You won't yeah. hear the hip-hop and the house music I play on radio. You just don't, but they don't want anybody hearing it because they want you to go to XFM or whatever it is, fucking radio station they've got to deal with. So Facebook strike these things on their behalf, knowing they're not allowed to do it. But just in case, it's it's the it's the shittiest, scummiest, and this is why I can't fucking be in that business. I can't be in that industry because I'd end up fucking chokeholding the, the chairman of fucking Universal, who I know personally, and has ripped me off on fucking numerous occasions. Cunt Lucian Grange, he's going to get a fucking knighthood. He's going to get, they're going to knight him. They're going to knight the twat. Why do you think you can? Do you know why you can't listen to Beatles? <laughs> no, go on. Lucian fucking Grange. That's why you can't hear Prince. These people, people like Lucian Grange has made it his, his, his personal thing. You can won't get a video of the Beatles or any of their music on YouTube because of that fucker. Because of the back catalogue and how much it's worth. And it's now the same with Michael fucking Jackson. And they've, and they've done the same to Prince. Warners have done the same to Prince. And they've got no right to do it. It's um, you know I mean? it's not just music industry. Everything now, especially like Facebook, like I said, buying everything up now. I usually run Facebook ads for me other shop that I've got online, and it's a waste of time now. I've got like fifteen thousand followers on there, and I wish I didn't have that many now because you you're lucky if one percent of your of your like followers see your post. It's just shite. Yeah, Facebook lied to everyone, didn't they? They, yeah. they lied to everybody, saying, "Yeah, yeah, come here with your videos, and come here with your stuff, and come here with your ads." We're, we've got Facebook fucking video section now. And basically, they just buried everything. Yeah. The algorithm just buried everything. There's absolutely no fucking point. You, you know, especially if, unless, you, you know, they co-sign it, you've got no chance. So it's not a fair marketplace at all. No. It's absolutely fucking an evil contraption. But, you know, the page, you get people who can follow you. It's a public page. You know, you're still reaching out to people who care or who are interested. But as for getting any sort of, you know, sort of, um, you know, being be able to sort of reach parts of the country that you wouldn't necessarily do. No, they'll just shadow ban you to fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unless you sign up to their Facebook create a business page where you've got to pay them fucking, what is it, 14 quid a month just to get to fuck. They've kind of used um, the independence and the small man. They've used them to build it up and then now it's gone you know, advertisement industry. Now that's where it's headed to. It's that's what that's that's the that's the business plan. Yeah, suck the fucking life out there. Suck the life out of independent creators. No matter what you are, whether you're fucking you know baking cakes for for views, teaching people how to fucking you know pick the nose with a fucking hook, or whether you're trying to you know sell a t-shirt or sell a CD. Do you know what I mean? They, they suck the life out and then they burn the bridges behind them with, with these fucking laws and these record deals and these fucking bullshit things. And, you know, Article 13, the re, you know, one of the reasons I voted fucking Brexit was Article 13, yeah. which was going to make, you know, a sort of royalty-based thing for every single image or bit of sound 
or anything you use, it'd have to go through the EU and they would decide if their publishers would allow it. And that's the sort of thing that James Blunt was campaigning for. He actually yeah. campaigned for that. Same with Elton John and the Rolling Fucking Stones. They were all up for it and um, we're out of it now. So we can still meme. But you can't fucking meme in Brussels. You can't, you can't take a photograph, put something underneath it and put it out there, whether you make money or not, because it'll just go through their system, get flagged and they can't do it. And that's only because they want to control the political environment because memes are funny and last a long time inside your head. Same with music. Same with a fucking T-shirt. You get a good T-shirt saying, go fuck Soros. You know, people are going to buy it, but they're never going to see it. They're never going to see it because, you know, Soros' name and and it's never... No, it's fair use. The name Soros is a fucking word I'm allowed to use whenever I want. He's not the only Soros on the fucking planet, right? But the whole thing is designed to keep you quiet, keep you skint, and then they get to do whatever the fuck they want. Do you know what I mean? You know, fair use, Laura. I mean, you know, it's just fucking... The way it's being um, abused is fucking horrendous. Nobody, Nobody knows. Everybody thinks they've got the right to do it when they don't. You know what I mean? I think we need some kind of a social media on dark web or something, don't we? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. I mean? Basically, you know, it's it's. I think you just need a network of like-minded creators that don't mind pushing other people's stuff with the idea that they're going to push you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's how it's going to have to be. Um, <clears throat> I think you know, servers investing in your. If you can invest in your own server. I think, you know, space on a server is a lot. It's worth a lot of money. Do you know what I mean? And building a server costs around, I think it's about six grand to build a server. You need a lot of work. It's a lot of work, a lot of coding. Do you know what I mean? But if you can build your own server and host certain things, you know, that's how you combat it. That's how you fight back. Because you can't build a platform on a service like Google because they own you, you know, unless you, you know, you're willing to not have ads. But if you don't have ads, you get buried in the algorithm. If you have ads and you do, they'll wait until you get so big and then you're off and then you're replaced with what they want. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, it's, it's one of them. It's, you've got to sort of break free from that fucking idea that record companies and film companies are there to help because they're fucking not. No. Do you know what I mean? Just not there to suppress you. <laughs> anyway, I think we've it's been a great podcast. Great talking to you. Um, yeah. Obviously, we've got um, the CD and the T-shirts which we've done together, which I'll put a link on. I'll put a link for the dust truck. anything you want, just give me a shout and I'll stick it all on. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, well, the link that you've put up, uh, I don't think we can share. It's on. It's on. I think uh, you've got to change the settings on your link right, okay. to uh, uh, public. And that way I can I can take it out and I can share it and I can pass it on. Um, I'm not sure. My girlfriend was trying to share it earlier and she said she couldn't she couldn't share it without permission. Right, I'll have a look. Um, I don't know why it's done that, but I'll, I'll have a look and I'll just change it to public if uh, if it can't be shared. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, and we'll just start banging it out everywhere. That must be Facebook again. That. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be fucking surprised. But um, I'll get. I'll, I'll speak to my girlfriend, and uh, 
when she gets in from work and I'll message her. But if you have a quick look, but if you send out a link or whatever, make sure you send it us. Um, and I've, uh, I'll have um, I'll have the Dust Junkie T-shirt on again this week, punting that. And if I can get one of them MC Tunes ones, yeah. I'll be I'll be good for that as well. Um, but yeah, as far as I'm concerned, you know, um, we just keep doing what we can. If it's something we're interested in, let's work it. You know, if I come up with an idea and I really pass you, you say, no, it's not really for me. It's fine. But if you can help, let's help. Yeah, you know what I mean? Definitely, if, yeah. Uh, you know, and that's the way it is. And if people have got stuff they want to push, you know, it's nothing to sort of, you don't need to have a deal with four or five people who build these networks and then all of a sudden you've got to start it. You just, word of mouth is the best way to get your stuff out there. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. if enough people, uh, you know, get involved, you'll get a pretty good reach. So yeah. it's about building relationships, you know what I mean? So we've got one, um, you know, the MC Tunes or the Dust Junkie thing there is always there if you want to do something different. Yeah. Um, you know, if you ever want me to jump on your podcast and just have a chat or you've got a certain, you know, bit of uh, information you want to talk about, just give me a shout, man. I'm always up for it. Yeah, definitely. We'll get you on again, like I said. Plan it. Initially, I just set this up just over this lockdown, but I think I'm going to carry on with it now. I get it. Well, I know. Um, met a different types of guests I've had on as well. It's not just like music. I've had, you know, I've had quite a lot. I've had Suddy, Suddy came on as well. You know, you'll know him, won't you? Um, I've had a uh, Colin White from who has the Vinyl Revival on. Do you know him, Colin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know all them guys. Yeah. yeah. You should get my mate Red Pill Phil on. He's and, got a YouTube channel, Red Pill Phil, Red Pill Phil Manchester. He's always putting stuff up, but he likes to have a chat. He's he's um his 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 main campaign is about um getting the information put out on grooming gangs, uh, right. which is how he started. And he was the fella that stood up against Antifa in Piccadilly a few years back. Right. Little black guy that was arguing with the girl from Antifa. Uh, he kind of made him famous. Um, he's been to loads of marches, really good guy. So if you ever want uh, an opinion on, you know, the lockdown and, you know, whatever's going on, the political climate, he's a great guest. Well, I'll definitely be up for that then, yeah? Give him a shout. Yeah. Him on. Yeah, man. I yeah. will do. Right, so thanks again for coming on, and obviously I'll, I'll I'll be speaking to you again soon. Maybe we can when this is all over, we'll have a pint or something, or we'll catch up. Yeah, definitely. Let's yeah. do that. Nice one, Craig. Cheers, man. This is Tunes News. News with Tunes. <laughs> <laughs> nice <Yeah>. one. <laughs> See you later, mate.